And some states make it harder than others. So for example, I am from Washington state. I grew up just outside Seattle and they make it so easy. At least my my county uh, makes it so easy to vote. I literally email them my vote, right? Like they email me the ballot. I have to print it out and sign it and then scan it back. Um, and then I email it back to them. So there is no mail involved, which is really, really great. Um, you know, especially if, you know, international mail can take quite a while, right? Welcome to the Move Abroad Coach podcast. I'm your host, Rochelle, and this podcast is for you if you're ready to finally move abroad. So if you've been talking about moving abroad for years and still haven't made the move, I'm here to walk you through the entire process with concrete step-by-step info, deep dives into the fears keeping most of us stuck at home, and a healthy dose of motivation to make sure you turn your dream of moving abroad into a reality. So what are you waiting for? Let's get the adventure started. So we've got an election coming up in the U.S. in about two weeks. So today I wanted to discuss a really common concern that I hear a lot, especially on social media, which is staying politically active and voting while living abroad. Is that actually possible? Can you participate in politics while living in another country? And I see a lot of opinions around this, mainly on social media, because people can, let's be real, get super aggressive on social media. So on the one hand, I see people say things like, well, if you hate the U.S. so much, why don't you just leave? And it's funny because when people say that to me, I'm like, I did. (laughs) Um, But anyway, like if you have any sort of valid critique of the U.S., and I'm sure this happens in other countries as well, but if you have any sort of valid critique of your home country, you will get some people just being like, well, if you hate it, just leave. And then on the other hand, you have people saying, well, no, I can't leave. I'm not going to leave. I want to fix it, right? They need me to vote. I can't just abandon my home country like I do care about politics. I do care about what happens. That's why I'm voicing my frustrations. And I see on social media, like I might see, you know, a a political post and then people will say, I'm moving to Canada, which is like the go-to. And I'm like, sure, you can move to Canada. You could move it anywhere else, but okay, Canada, I guess. And um, people say, yeah, I'm moving to Canada. And then uh, you'll have all these people in the comments saying, don't move to Canada. or I refuse to move to Canada because I'm going to I'm going to stay in the U.S. and I'm going to fix it. And in my mind, I'm like, why not both? Do, 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 do. Like, <laughs> I don't know if, if anyone remembers that little taco, the little girl from the taco commercial growing up in the U.S. But anyway, por qué no los dos, right? Like, why not both? So you can leave the U.S. and you can still vote and you can still be politically active. And so in this episode, I'm going to talk about that. So, um... I personally, I don't hate the U.S. I I just want to make that clear. Um, You can have, I I do have some issues with the U.S. (laughs) I don't hate it, right? Like I've had, I had a really great life growing up in the U.S. I am glad that I grew up there. There are plenty of worse countries that I could have grown up in. Um, And also, if you grow up in the U.S., you do have some major privileges that not everybody gets. For example, English language privilege and passport privilege. Like we have a pretty decent passport. Um, So there are definitely things that come with growing up in the US. Uh, Those are just two off the top of my head, right? But the US does have many major issues, like political issues that I'm passionate about. I think 
Um, many of you are aware um, from some of my past episodes on my thoughts around the U.S. healthcare system and, you know, the overturning of Roe v. Wade and the abortion laws and just, you know, from the perspective of somebody who's been pregnant this year, you know, um, it can be kind of scary in terms of like miscarriage and stuff like that. Um, so if, you, if you're curious to know more of my thoughts, you can go back on my episodes around um, healthcare and, and being pregnant abroad. But um, personally, I've I've always been pretty politically active, just to kind of give you some of my background. Um, I went to George Washington University in D.C. for my undergrad, where I studied international relations. Um, And my school was very politically active. If you guys are familiar with that university, um, we get a little intense about politics. Um, People at my school would counter protest protests. Uh, Somebody once asked why I didn't skip school, why, why I didn't skip class to watch a presidential debate. Like I, I walked in class and somebody said, oh, you know, what'd you think of the debate last night? And I said, oh, I had class during the debate, so I'm just going to watch it today at lunch. And they were like, why didn't you skip class? <laughs> and I'm like, because like, it's a really small class. I need to go to class. Like, I'll watch it today. Like, what's the difference of, you know, a couple hours? Like, geez, come on. Um, but that's how intense my school was about politics. We were walking distance from the White House and, you know, a lot of, a lot of the monuments and stuff like that. So right in the thick of it. Um, and I've also always been interested in international politics and how other countries do things. So like I said, I majored in international relations or, you know, at that school, it's called international affairs. Um, but I'm, I'm the nerd who wrote my hundred page master's dissertation on the censorship of Instagram in China. Like (laughs) that's me. I'm that nerd. So, uh, living abroad has really opened my eyes to some of the possibilities of what could be in the U.S., right? Like when you live abroad, and I talked about this in my healthcare episode and also probably the pregnancy episode, when you live abroad, you just see how things can be and you can see what your home country does well and what your home country could do better that other countries are doing better. And I think, um, you know, especially the U.S. is one of the only countries that I see do this, but like, we're the greatest country in the world. We're the best country in the world. We have the most freedom. And I'm like, um, where, where are these facts coming from? (laughs) Where, where are you getting these facts? So, um, personally, I do care about the U.S. and I want to, um, you know, make positive changes and help the U.S. grow and fix the issues that the U.S. has. Um, and it's not just me. A lot of us who live abroad feel this way. Um, you know, I'm friends with adventurous Kate, who's a, she's a very big female solo travel blogger. Um, if you have not heard of her, um, but she's very passionate about this. She talks about politics a lot and a lot of travel bloggers do a lot of expats digital nomads actually care and do still vote and are very passionate about all of this and guess what I've I've voted in every single major election since I moved abroad over 10 years ago and you can do it too so you can vote abroad you can remain politically active when you live abroad you can actually protest abroad, both online and then potentially offline. Like you could protest at a U.S. embassy if you wanted to. Um, and you can donate to campaigns. You can even volunteer for organizations to help people get registered to vote while living abroad. Like there are so many different things that you can do. And I'm going to break that down in this episode. And some states make it harder than others. So for example, I am from Washington State. I grew up just outside Seattle. And 
they make it so easy, at least my, my county uh, makes it so easy to vote. I literally email them my vote, right? Like they email me the ballot. I have to print it out and sign it and then scan it back. Um, and then I email it back to them. So there is no mail involved, which is really, really great. Um, you know, especially if, you know, international mail can take quite a while, right? So firstly, how does voting abroad work? Well, we use something called an absentee ballot. So this is for international voters and military and things like that, um, like an international absentee ballot. And you basically, you request it in advance, and then every state has its own rules and requirements around how you actually vote and get that ballot back to them. And some states make it harder than others. So for example, I am from Washington State. I grew up just outside Seattle. And they make it so easy, at least my, my county uh, makes it so easy to vote. I literally email them my vote, right? Like they email me the ballot. I have to print it out and sign it and then scan it back. Um, and then I email it back to them. So there is no mail involved, which is really, really great. Um, you know, especially if, you know, international mail can take quite a while, right? So there's no mail involved. I literally just email it to them. It is amazing. However, uh, when I lived in China, I had a roommate from Texas and they, at least at, at the time, this was quite a while ago, but at the time they ha insisted on mailing the ballot to China and she had to mail it back. But the issue was they wouldn't mail it that far in advance. So by the time it actually got to her in China, and getting mail in China is like a whole thing, um, getting, but by the time she actually got it, it was only a couple of days ahead of the election. And then by the time she mailed it back, like that's like another two weeks it takes to get back. By that point, like the election results have already been read. So why is this that some states make it super easy and others make it hard? Um, just kind of statistically from what I've seen, you know, a lot of people who live abroad do tend to be a bit more left leaning. Like that's a pretty well known fact. So if you live in a blue state, they tend to make it much easier for you to vote abroad, not always, but tend to. Meanwhile, if you live in a state that's more red, they tend to make it a bit harder to vote when you live abroad. So that is sketchy AF, um, but that is what I've seen. And it's not every state, but I have definitely seen the states that lean a bit more blue tend to make it super, super easy for people who live abroad and the states that tend to lean more red make it super hard. <laughs> so, and whoever's in charge, you know, it might change. Um, but if you're curious about the process for your state or your county, just look up your county and request an absentee ballot. So if, you, if you're living abroad right now and you haven't done this yet, be sure to go do this. And it might be a little bit too late for some states, but it's better to check than to assume because some states, they make you request it like a certain amount of time in advance and like let them know. Um, but if you haven't done it yet, just go after this episode, go look up your state, look up your county and request an absentee ballot if you haven't already um, and let them know that you're living internationally. Like that's the, that's your reasoning for needing one. Now, every year you will have to let them know that you still live abroad and are still interested in voting overseas via absentee ballot. I can't say that this is the same for every state, but my county, 
they actually email me every year being like, do you still live abroad? And then I'm just like, yes. And they go, okay, perfect. Like they actually reach out to me. Like I said, Washington makes it super easy to vote when you live abroad. Um, so uh, this is something where even if they don't reach out to you, you, w- you might have to reach out to them and be like, hey, I still live abroad. Yes, I still want an absentee ballot each year. But it's really, you know, mild hassle, but not a big deal. It takes like five minutes, right? Now, um, you know, if you're not from the U.S., some countries make it easier than others. I'm pretty familiar with the Australian political system uh, and voting system, considering my husband is Australian. Um, And Australia is really interesting. They have mandatory voting. Like, you have to vote. And if you don't vote, you get fined. Um, But, at least in the past, Chris has only ever been able to vote at an embassy, So in China, when he lived in Nanjing, he would have to fly or spend an entire day one way on the train to go vote at the embassy in Beijing and then fly back or or get get a hotel and then get a train back. So like that was just not realistic. And Georgia doesn't even have an Australian embassy. The nearest one is in Turkey. So he basically can't vote from Georgia. Um, And then they fine him for not voting. And then he has to get back to them and explain his situation to get out of the fine. So, um, Australia, you should really make it easier for people to vote abroad, just saying. Um, But yeah, so some countries make it much easier than others. But aside from voting, what else can you do? What are some other ways that you can stay politically involved or politically active, especially if politics is something that you really care about? Well, um, I'm not going to say I've done all of these things, but I have done some of them. (laughs) So I'm going to give you four different things that you can do aside from voting. So voting is number one. Uh, (laughs) There are four more. So uh, the first one that you can do is peer pressure. This is one I have partaken in. Peer pressure friends into getting registered to vote or set up for an absentee ballot and cast it. Like remind people that they can vote from living abroad. Talk about it. Say, you know, and we were all doing this, you know, couple years ago back in the primaries, like, hey, have you voted in the primaries? Or, hey, you know, who are you voting for in the election? Have you gotten your absentee ballot yet? Like, just letting people know that they can and should, and if they're confused, maybe send them a link, help them get set up. Um, And even you can remind your friends and family back home to vote as well. Um, Peer pressure in a good way, not in a mean way. We just, like, casually remind people (laughs) that voting is a thing. Uh, Now, the second thing that you can do is you can actually, if you want to call uh, your Congress members, you can still do that when you live abroad. So a lot of times people will say, well, call your Congress member's office and demand change, blah, blah, blah. And you might go, well, I can't call them because I live abroad. Well, you can always send an email, right? But if you want to call them, the way that I actually do phone calls to landlines while I live abroad is I use Skype. Uh, and I know <laughs> Skype is not used a lot anymore. Uh, after COVID, everybody uses Zoom. But Skype does have something where you can actually call a regular phone number. And so what I do is I just get credit on Skype and it's really cheap. Um, I just like put $10 on there. So I always have like some money on there. And then uh, if I ever need to call a phone number outside of the country that I'm in, I just use Skype. It's really annoying, though, if they want to call you back. I'm like, you can't call me back. I don't have a phone number to receive your call. Um but uh, you can make the call, right? So I've done this, you know, for calling my credit card when something happens, or um, you could call your Congress. So you can call your Congress member. So just put a little bit of Skype credit on your Skype account, and you can actually call a, uh, a U.S. phone number. 
Now, uh, another thing that you can do is join either a chapter of Democrats abroad or Republicans overseas, or, you know, if you're from another country, <laughs> another chapter of your political party, right? Now, um, at least for Democrats abroad and Republicans overseas, Democrats abroad is much bigger and, like, better organized, because, like I said, a lot of people who live abroad tend to lean a little bit more, um, like, liberal uh, or blue. And then uh, Republicans overseas, it does exist. It's just smaller and a little less organized. They have fewer events, things like that. Um, but you can actually join these chapters and participate and do events online and in person and things like that. Uh, and then finally, you can take what you've learned from living abroad and share it with friends back home, friends and family back home. Right. So, for example, when you experience a different healthcare system or common sense gun regulation or something like that, you can actually bring those conversations back to the U.S. with you, either virtually or in person when you visit. And um, this is something that I do a lot, not just on the podcast, but in my real life, I've had a lot of conversations with people um, who, you know, they haven't lived abroad or they haven't spent a significant amount of time outside the U.S. And, you know, maybe they have a slightly different political belief than me. And personally, I'm not, I'm not a big debater. I don't like to get heated, you know, I don't like to get heated. If people start yelling, I kind of just shut down. <laughs> but I'm I'm more than happy to have a conversation with people who are open to it. There's no point if people aren't open to hear what you have to say. But um, when people say things like, that's not possible in the U.S., for example, universal health care or like, you know, certain gun control regulations, things like that, I challenge it and I say, well, why not? Why is it that this developing country can do this with healthcare, but we can't? You know, for like, for example, in the healthcare episode, I talk about how um, I was able to have an ambulance come to my house, treat me in my living room, and leave, and it was totally free. And I'm not a resident. I'm not a citizen. They didn't ask for my insurance. They didn't even ask for my passport. And they left. And I'm like, Georgia is a developing post-Soviet country. And they can do that. And yet the richest country in the world can't. Right? Or, um, for example, Australia's more conservative political party can institute common sense gun laws after their first huge mass shooting. Why can't we? And now, obviously, it's way more complicated than that with U.S. politics and and the you know and everything like that and the NRA. But you know, you can at least use that to start a conversation and say, well, actually, it was like Australia's version of the Republican Party that instituted gun control, and it went like this. And you can kind of start that conversation. Um, so. I hope this episode shows you that you can stay politically active when you live abroad. You can vote when you live abroad. It's not an either or. Moving abroad does not mean you're giving up on the U.S. It does not mean that you don't care about what's going on in your home country. And it doesn't mean that, you know, you're just never going to vote again. Like absentee ballots exist. Like you can vote while living abroad. So um, just keep in mind, you can enact change from anywhere you do not have to do it from within the U.S. I, and I really hope that this episode makes you feel a lot better if you do want to remain politically active, no matter what your political opinions are, because you don't have to agree with me. You can actively disagree with me, and I'm still glad that you're listening to this episode, and I still hope you vote. But, you know, you can you can enact that change from anywhere. You can have your voice heard from anywhere. 
you can vote from abroad. So um, I really hope that this does make you feel better if, if politics and, and staying politically active is something that's really important to you. Um, and yeah, I hope you all vote uh, in two weeks. All right, bye. Thanks so much for joining me on this episode of the Move Abroad Coach podcast. If you're loving what you're learning here, don't forget to subscribe so you never miss an episode or follow Move Abroad Coach on Instagram to keep in touch. And finally, if you're ready to get started on this Move Abroad adventure, head on over to moveabroadcourse.com to join our Move Abroad Crash Course, which will walk you step-by-step through the entire Move Abroad process. See you next week. 